Um, I've got the good news is I've got two messages. No, the bad news is I've got two messages this morning. <laughs> the good news is I'm only going to preach one of them. So you'll all be very glad to know that. Um, the reason I've got two messages is because um, we might have had some unsaved people in today. So I thought I need to be really prepared so that I can reach, you know, release a message that's going to be relevant to them. And this message that I'm going to release to you guys is relevant to them as well, but probably will provide you with some building blocks or some things that you can even use just this week. I don't know about you, but my last two weeks, and last week particularly, was absolutely horrendous, okay? Now, it, it, isn't, it isn't the fact that it was horrendous, because, it, well, it was pretty horrendous. There were people shooting each other, and there were people stabbing each other, and we hadn't got enough resources, and we're having to try and move one set of resources over here to over here. Plus, I had all the domestic issues with the house, and a car, and the laptop going down. And, you, you know, you suddenly have all these different circumstances which are pressing against you in the natural and stopping you from advancing in the way that God wants you to advance. So... This message is for me this morning as well. <laughs> I'm preaching this message to me because actually the things that I'm going to release are truth. They are absolutely 100% grounded in the word. They are so grounded in the word that actually they are keys to us walking in success and favor and us having keys to walk over the circumstances, above the circumstances, and not under the circumstances. And I very much felt that my last week, I felt under the circumstances. And I'm being really real. You know, we were laughing earlier on when um, Gwen was laughing when we were talking about not being perfect. I know I am definitely not perfect. When Karen was preaching about, you know, I feel like this sometimes, and I know that's not the right thing. And I thought, yeah, I feel like that a lot. (laughs) Welcome to my day. So, you know, we, all of us are in different places, but all of us need to refresh ourselves with the truth of God's word because actually he doesn't want us to walk under the circumstances. He wants us to walk over the circumstances. He wants us to have those circumstances when they come into our arena and actually be up here with his perspective in a personal way as well as in a, a body way. The church lives under the circumstances as a body. But it, that's because a lot of us are living under the circumstances and not over it. And we're, we are that body. So unless we actually get up over the circumstances individually, we're going to struggle to press through at a corporate level above the circumstances. So that's a little bit of, of introduction. So I'm going to give you seven keys this morning to walking in success and favor. And some of you may have he- heard me share some of these things before some time back. But you know what? It's always different when you come to it again in terms of those keys. These are keys that the Lord gave me personally a few years back. And I know that they work (laughs) as well. I've applied them and seen results within three months in terms of shifting circumstances and putting me in a very different position in terms of his favor and his success. You know, he wants, do you know that God wants you to be successful? Do you know know that he wants you to be favored? Do you know that he wants you to have an abundance of provision? He's a good, good God. He wants us to live in that place of fruitfulness. And these were the keys that he gave me. I'm going to go through each one of these, so you don't need to write them all down now, but this is just an overview. We've already talked today. I thought it was really funny when Jenny came with the law this morning in the watch, because that is number one point. 
Number two, Psalm 2, receiving his wisdom. Number three, making him the glory and lifter of our heads to prosper, trusting him, letting his joy give us abundant strength. Song of songs, letting his love lead us. And then walking in his stead and bearing his name. So those are the, the seven we're going we're gonna to just work on. And I actually thought I can give you some homework right at the beginning today. How about that? Because how many days are there in the week? Seven. So what about we all pair up with somebody for this week? No, you don't have to do this now. We'll do this at the end. We all pair up with somebody, and we actually look at one of these keys each day this week. It's your choice. You don't have to. But I think... You know what? And then next week, we, talk, talk, we share with that person, whoever we decide to, to do it with, um, we share with that person what the Lord's shown us. Because you're only going to get a little bit of what he's shown me. I bet you, you will go away and you'll go to the Word on these different things. And he'll show you a whole lot of other things. Yeah? Because his Word is rich. His Word is eternal. His Word is true. But there's always more. There's always revelation that the Holy Spirit wants to bring us. There's always more um, uh, richness in it that he wants to release to us. It's not, you know, if I ask Steve, what does it mean to you? What does it mean that Jesus is, is the way to you? What would you say, Steve? If I asked you, what, what does it mean to you? Okay, Gwen, what about you? What's the first thing that comes into your head about Jesus being the way? Okay, it's the truth. So, I'm trying to illustrate a point here. There are going to be different, the scripture might be the same, but actually the Holy Spirit will communicate what is relevant to us at that given moment in time. So I'll stop waffling. Psalm 1. Let's turn to it. Psalm 1. Or press your button on your iPad or your iPhone or something. Blessed is the man or the woman that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And what? He or she shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither, and whatsoever he, whatsoever he or she does shall prosper. His delight. And the question I ask you this morning is, is your delight in the law of the Lord? Because actually, as you make the law of the Lord a delight and you meditate on his word and truth, you will prosper. So, so it's actually that the word delight is desire, a valuable thing, a matter, acceptable, desirable, things desired, a pleasure. If we make the law of the Lord our delight and we meditate on the word and truth, then we are going to prosper. That is why the Jewish people we see as a, as, a, as a nation, they are incredibly prosperous because they spend the first years of their lives meditating on the law and it becomes the very bedrock for the whole of their existence. They have the top percentage in so many businesses, in so many technology areas, in so much science, in Nobel Peace Prizes, disproportionately the Jewish people walk in a level of prosperity that no other nation does. Why? Why? I believe because they meditate on the word of the Lord and his truth and prosper. So there is an oasis in the word and you can really use even just these, these little points here 
Oasis of the Word, writing down what the Lord's saying to you when you read the scripture. Just as Steve said, uh, when, I, when I talk about Jesus being the way, that means he's, he's, I don't know what you said, Steve, now. He's leading you. Yeah, he's leading you. You know, you, you can actually begin to write down what God is saying to you because then it's, it, then it's cemented, isn't it? Who journals? Okay. Next time I ask that question in church, I want everybody's hands going up. Amen? Okay? Because how are you going to remember the promises that God's given you if you don't write them down? Who, who's got a really good memory? Actually, I have got a good memory, but I still write it down because there are plenty of times where I won't remember. And usually it's the Holy Spirit that quickens it. But you know what? We all should journal. Even if we don't journal every day, we all should write down the things that God says to us somewhere. Even if you do it in your, in your Bible, on your iPad, or your, your Kindle, or whatever it is. Well, we'll have a little musical interlude. <laughs> uh, don't worry, Rose. So we just need to be in that place. <laughs> don't worry. It's happened to me. I'm with you. I'm with you in spirit. I'm with you, spirit in spirit. She's pressing me on her iPad. Listen, that does happen sometimes in meetings to me. I was in this meeting the other week, and my phone started, started playing the news, you know, really out loud, and I couldn't get it to stop. So I, I, can, I really I empathize with you. So when we start to journal it, and then we start to believe it, and then we start to declare it, we'll then see it begin to come to pass. So take hold of the promise that as you meditate on God's word, everything you do will prosper. I receive that today, Lord. I say, Lord, I'm going to make a much bigger effort this week before any circumstances start to overrun me. I'm going to meditate on your word so that I can walk prosperously in all of those situations. Okay, key two, wisdom. Wisdom. Psalm 2, verses 10 to 13 um, be wise now, therefore, O you kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and trembling. Be wise now, therefore. Let, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they, or, sorry, blessed all, are all they that put their trust in him. Wisdom. Be wise. Wisdom is something that the, there's so much in scripture about wisdom. So much in the Old Testament, so much in the New Testament. And when, I, when the Lord gave me this particular key, he said, I want you to be wise with your time. I want you to be wise with your words. And I'm not. <laughs> That's something I really need to work with. Because they come out before I've had time to process them. Who else has that? Who else says... Let's the words come out before you've processed. No, I know you don't, Steve, because you're not, because you're more perfect than most of us. Um, but I know I, I'm too open, too transparent. My boss said to me, the thing, Maria, is you are very open and very transparent. Yeah, too, too transparent, too much heart on the sleeve. And, you know, it is a key. It's a key for whatever position we are in life to have wisdom with our words. That I could go into just that one bit and find about, 30 scriptures from all over the Bible, which talks about that wisdom with words. I think that's a really key one. So even with this, you could start with the seven keys, but then you could just pick one point out next week and start drilling down into that. Wisdom with your money, wisdom with your colleagues at work, wisdom with your rest, time, rest times, Shabbat, taking that time out is really, really important. 
because the cycle of life, God's put us in a cycle of life so that we get rest, so that we recover, so that we are refreshed, so that we are able to do the things that he puts in our hands to do us. But most of all, so that we have time with him. The enemy has us running around, backwards and forwards. Well, he doesn't. We have ourselves running around, backwards and forwards. And in, he just throws a few more things in the path to make us run around uh, backwards and forwards because we make the wrong choice because we're not wise with the things that we say yes to. Do you know it's okay to say no? Well, t- I'm saying this to myself. It's okay to say no, Marie. You don't have to say yes every time someone says, can you do? Can you do? Yes, I can do. I'm a very can-do person. I can do a, ho- a whole lot of things. But actually, you get to a point, and actually, actually, I've got to get a lot, 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 lot better at saying, no, I can't do actually. Uh, actually, I can't do. I'm not going to do. Not, not I'm not able to do, but not. Uh, it actually is, uh, no, I am not going to do. That's actually the correct thing to say. And I've, done, I've made a choice this week because of my current situation at work to surrender a couple of things and say, no, from this point, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to manage my time in a slightly different way because, uh, because despite, the thing I th- despite thinking I'm superwoman, I'm not. <laughs> I think sometimes I think I am superwoman, but anyway. Um, wisdom with your colleagues, the things that you say to your colleagues, the people, your friends, family, all those sort of things. Superwoman, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I think that everybody does. That's the problem. So this pile a lot more on. Here, you can do that. Yeah, of course I can. Now I can't cope anymore. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So no, I I did hit I did hit I did hit that point on um, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, but I did hit a point this week where I thought that's it, the bo- the drawbridge is coming up, <laughs> it's definitely coming up. Uh, I need headspace. So it, wisdom is really important, and you can see that. So key three. I am your shield, your glory, and the lifter of your head. That's in Psalm 3 verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. So in that place of feeling like you are under the circumstances, you know, actually get your eyes upwards, look to him, fix your gaze on him because he is our shield. He's our glory. He's the lifter of our head. You know, even if I just started declaring that scripture on Wednesday when everything was going very pear-shaped, that might have been a good thing to do. But what happens in my life, and I don't know, probably isn't something for you, but I'm, I, when, when things start getting really bad, actually, I don't, that's not when I turn to God. You know how most people turn to God when things get really bad? I really back off from God when things get bad. I've got a very strange mentality. Um. And I don't know what that is, and I'm going to have to ask him about it. Why do I do that? Why do I do that? Maybe it's because I think I should cope. I don't know. Anyways, maybe it's pride. I don't know. But I do need to work out why I kind of back off from God when it all starts to press in. Prayer session, yeah. Okay. Gwen will sort me out. Good. I'm glad. See, heart on the sleeve and all that. He's our protection. And when we allow him to be our shield and our glory and the lifter of our heads, people are actually attracted to us. Because he shines on us. He causes his light to rise on us. You know, people say of me and people say of others that are believers, there's something different about you. Something bright about you. You know, you're really positive. So for, for me, actually, to get to the point I got to on Wednesday is really, 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 really super unusual because it's very rare that I get to that point where I'm pretty vacant and pretty 
you know, because I'm not. That's not my personality at all. Now, Suzanne sent this to me some years ago. We do not need favor with everyone. We need the affection of God on us, releasing something through us so that the right individual who is strategic to the next step is attracted to what we carry. Favor is the power of God that is attracted to us, that releases an influence through us so that other people are inclined to trust us or cooperate with us in the assignment God gives us. Now, you might want to photograph that. can't remember where it came from, Suzanne. Lance Wallenau, thank you very much. But Suzanne shared that with me when I was going through my promotion process back in um, 2013. Gwen said to me yesterday, well done on the new job. So I'm just wondering whether there might be a new job coming soon. So... I know it's a dream, but I liked it. I liked it. Well done on the new job. Um, great. But Gwen's had a dream. So, But the point is, when we allow him to be our protection and the lifter of our head, people are attracted to us. And God's favor is attracted to us. And so whatever we need to do that assignment. When, I did, when Suzanne shared this with me, I was an underdog in this particular process that was going on. I was an, out, I was, I was an outside bet. I was probably 25 to 1, you know, as the, any, anybody understand betting a little bit? Okay, well, I was probably, I, I was a good, I was a good each way bet. You'd have won a bit of money if you'd put your bet on me. So, um, but the fact is God's favor was on me, is on me. And that was, that's the key. That's a key thing. And, and his favor rests on us if we actually allow it to rest on us. If we're not cognizant of it, then we can't walk in it, can we? We've got to be conscious of it. We've got to actually say, Lord, I, I receive your favor and I'm going to walk in that favor. If, we, if we're kind of ignorant of it and just take it for granted, then the impact and the influence isn't the same. So that was key three. I'm whistling through these now. Key four, trust in the Lord. Psalm four. Now this is really absolutely critical and pivotal. So, Psalm 4, verse 5, offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There may be many that say, who shall show us any God? Lift up, Lord, lift up your light of your countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart. And then it goes on to say, we'll both lay down in peace and sleep, for you, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You might wonder why, why are these keys coming from Psalm 1, Psalm 2, Psalm 3? Oh, have I pressed? Oh, sorry. I don't know what I did then. Thanks, Carol. Because um, actually when, when the Lord said, I'm going to give you some keys, he said, I'm going to give you some keys. And he says, and as you read through from the beginning of the Psalms, you're going to find those keys as you read through the beginning of the Psalms. And then there's one that came from Song of Songs. But that's why we're working through the Psalms, because it was like he gave me a key every day over a week period. And um, it was to help advance me with this particular assignment that he was giving me. So, but I don't... It was for that assignment, but these, this is eternal. This is truth. It's not, it's not, oh, that was yesterday. This is today, tomorrow. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, so what does that mean, trust in the Lord? No striving, be diligent, rest in his peace. It's a safe place. Now I'm going to ask you a question. And this is maybe why I back off from Are you dependent on you? Or are you dependent on him? 
And then I, I'm going to ask you some other questions that you might want to, when you look at this key, how are you going to trust the Lord in your personal context, in your family context, in your work context, in your friends and colleagues context? So um, one of the other things I didn't mention that happened this week, whilst everything else was going on, on the day that I had 23 years police service, which was Tuesday, I woke up. I mean, I'm always very excited on my, my police birthday. <laughs> that sounds really funny. It's almost as exciting to me as my real birthday because it's like, yes, another year notched up because you're kind of working towards this 30-year target. Well, we were. I'm now working to a 31-and-a-bit-year target. But anyway, so 23, yes, celebrate. It's a day. It's a great, it was a great day, and I'm really glad God given me, has given me this assignment and called me to the police service. So I've, I, I always, it's always a bit of a celebration, really. And some people give me cards even. <laughs> so, but... Um, I woke up to a message from a colleague, and some of you will have heard me talk last week in the watch about how we fought together, we ate together, we, we didn't sleep together, we, we, except when he wanted to go and um, have a sleep in the night, this particular colleague, four o'clock in the morning, can we, can we just get our eyes shut for 20 minutes? And I'm like, no, I want to go and catch baddies, why are you tired, you know? But I, um, he messaged me, and um, I haven't seen him for years, and he's had... He's had cancer and he retired early last year, but he was de- declared all clear. Um, and, and I woke up to this message saying, I'm really sorry to have to tell you in this way, but um, I've got spinal cancer and um, it's the second bout. He'd had lymph cancer post the colon cancer. Now he's got spinal cancer. And he said, it's, I've got months rather than years to live. And it suddenly brings home the whole fragility of life. It also brings home... You know, it brought home a lot of issues that morning because it was like, you know, what's it all about? What is it all about? This guy, he's retired, he's done his 30, and now he's going to die, and doesn't know Jesus. And all of those things, you know, are going through my head. And how, how do you reach out at this point now when someone's got such a short period to go? But the, the other thing that stood out was the fact that the relationships that we built in those early days... Was, are so strong because they then rang another colleague who I haven't spoken to for years who was on the same team with me and we all worked together and we were on the phone for nearly two hours, you know, because there's a, there was a knitting that took place together. And so I've been asking the Lord, how do I respond to this? You know, I trust in him. It doesn't matter for me, you know, whether I make it past my retirement or not because I know where I'm going for eternity. To, to, we're living, we, this is just the schooling bit that we're in now. We've got eternity beyond. And... Um, so I'm going to go and see him. He actually reached out in the message. He put, and I know you're well connected upstairs. If, you've, if you can say one for me, that would be great. And uh, which made me, I mean, I just got, I, I, it wasn't great timing anyway, because I was a bit emotional anyway. So that was it then, you know, I'm like, oh no, I can't. But I'm going to, I am going to go and see him and just be praying that, uh, that I get the opportunity to share really openly with him. I, I, I've, I have actually been very open with the messages I've sent back to him. I've said, you know, this is, it is about eternity, Chris. It's not about this is the end. You've got some choices to make. And whether, you, whether I pray for a miracle, which I will do, or you die, actually it can be okay on the other side if you make the right choices. So, but it does make you realize life's too short and you could get knocked over by a bus tomorrow. <laughs> And that's the reality. I know, Shambir, we talked about, you talked about me preaching a gospel message. But the reality is some of our friends and some of those people, we, we, we've got this key. We can trust God. 
And sometimes I think we live in a place of, well, maybe they'll come around at some point, you know, to, but actually they could die tomorrow. And then they haven't come around, have they, that we know of. So I think we've got, there's got to be a greater urgency in us. I'm a bit off, off the piece here a bit, a bit, but I think there's got to be a greater urgency in us to share the gospel as the Holy Spirit leads. That's not ramming it down people's throats. That's praying for people and asking the Lord to give us those open doors. Because, you know, if we're willing to share, he will open the doors. But we also have to be praying over that person's life as well. Because the, at the end of the day, if you say to someone, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? There are very few people that will say, I want to go to hell. Most people will say they want to go to heaven. Why can't they see? Because the God of this world is blinding the minds of unbelievers. If we start from that premise and realize we've got to dismantle some of those demonic principalities and powers over their hearts, over their minds, whatever it is, whatever idols they've got in their lives. If we start to actually take authority and a spirit over that and then we preach the gospel off that basis, then people are going to come to a place of receiving the truth. Right. Get back on track. So no striving, being diligent, resting in his peace. Those are all things that are in that. That Psalm 4. Next one. Joy of the Lord. Psalm 5, verse 12, 11 to 12. Let me just get the thing up. I'm going to read it. So, verse 11 says, But let all those, see, linking back to trust, that put their trust in you, rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because you defend them. Let them that also love your name be joyful in you. For you, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor, with, with thou compassing as with a shield. Amazing. Isn't that right? So we've got to have joy. Amen? I mean, this morning when I was dancing, I was thinking, if anybody could see me, they'd just laugh at me so much. Because I'm not very good at dancing. And if I ever go to one of those dance classes type things at the gym... I always go the wrong way when you're supposed to go the, you know, the left way or the right way. I'm out of time and out of sync. But you know what? If we can't be joyful and we can't be free and we can't, when he has poured out his love on us, then we are not drawing from that strength. We're not going to walk in that success and favor without that joy being on the inside of us. And it isn't just a superficial, shallow thing. It's a deep thing. It's that knowing he's delivered us. He's set us free. He's paid a price for us. He died on the cross for us. He's risen from the dead. He's won the victory. We're more than conquerors because of what he's done. We've got loads to be joyful about. So joy is really key. And joy is contagious. Is it not? It's infectious. And you know, they say about laughing, right? I, I haven't got the statistics here. But apparently, as adults... We're pants. We're miserable. There's a comparison that's been done between children and adults and the amount of times that children laugh and adults laugh. And I wish I've got the statistics to hand. It's just coming to my head now. But it is stark. The amount of time that adults laugh is really low, which is why so many adults are really miserable. Um, Laughing is good for the soul. I'm sure there's a, there's a scripture in there in Proverbs, Steve. Or is it? That's it. Medicine for the soul. Laughing is good. It's good. It, do you know? That it's not, and it actually talks in this document as well. It releases. I bet Chimmer knows the details around this. Don't you, Chimmer? Do you? No. Uh, it releases a hormone. It does. And that changes. It's like, you know, I joke about it in the gym when I'm teaching my spin class. You know, I keep going, are you happy? And they're all, like, looking miserable. 
And I go, come on, is nobody happy? And then I say, well, you will be in a minute because you'll have all those endorphins and you'll be finishing the class and you'll be happy that it's over. But the same thing, there's a hormone that's released during exercise and they call it the happy hormone. And it's the same thing that when you, but I'm sure you'd rather laugh, wouldn't you, than go exercise. But I mean, I don't mind which you do because really I don't care. Shopping, yeah, it makes you smile this year, that's right. If it, if it releases joy, that's good hormonally. It's good for us. Because you know when those hormones are released, and again, I'm getting off tangent a little bit here, but it's actually medicine for us. But, but we are made. God has wired us to, to be joyful because actually it's good for us to be joyful. So next time you see anybody miserable, any miserable believers, challenge them with the joy of the Lord. Challenge them in a joyful way. Say, take that grimace off your face. You know, it might be better if you smile. (laughs) Okay. Number six. Now, this is just jumping off a little bit here. Song of Songs, chapter two. He took me to that. And it talks about his banner over us being love. When we allow, and I know Liz has spoken on this a long time ago about his leadership of love, his leadership over us, his love over us being released and poured out of over us his love his love his incredible unconditional love kindness mercy you know we sang that song this morning i'd gone astray but it was your love that drew me back it's his love that draws us his kindness it's his kindness that leads us to repentance it's his kindness that brings but it makes us different it marks us out as different his banner over us as love and the song of songs is a great book to read to really get that to understand just how much he wants to pour into us and that intimacy that he wants to have with us it provides security it provides certainty there is nothing that we cannot do when we know that his favor and his love rests upon us and i struggle i lord i just ask right now that for every single one of us here, that you would give us a deeper revelation and understanding of your love. And we break off, Lord, every structure in us that wants to try and earn it, or wants to try and deserve it, or wants to try and work up to it. Lord, we say we want to be people that really allow you to pour your love on us, because we know that is what you want to release to us and help us to walk in that place of favor. We love you, Jesus. And we love your leadership. We want to be led in your love. Okay. Final key. Psalm 8. It's a great one. And uh, I remember this, when uh, he gave me this key, it's quite funny actually, because... I was journaling everything, and uh, I was reading, I read Psalm 8, and it's like, Lord, where, wh- where's this key? Well, I don't get it. Where is it? I can't see it. And he just, it, I felt like the Holy Spirit was almost laughing at me. That sounds funny, but it was. It was like they were having a bit of a chuckle, really, because then I read it. He says, read it again. Okay, I'll read it again. So I read it again, and it says, O oh Lord, how a Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Da, 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 da. Your name! Of course! <laughs> it's your name! His name, his name is complete key. His name, because he's not just got one name, has he? He's got a zillion names. Well, maybe not a zillion. He's got a lot, though. 
He's got a lot, 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 a lot of names. Hundreds of names. Hundreds of names. Father's got hundreds of names. Jesus has got hundreds of names. Holy Spirit's got lots of characteristics. Different with the name, but the, but the Holy Spirit has got lots of characteristics. And actually, you could probably spend a whole year just meditating on his name. Good on you, Gwen. Do you want to testify to that? Come out and just tell us what that was like. Come on. I, d- I did literally do that. I spent a year meditating on his name. And it, and it puts it inside of you. So you know that he's your anchor. When you ma- meditate for a day on the anchor, wh- uh, as him as your anchor, when you meditate for a day of him as your rock, when you meditate for a day on him as your sword, then you know him as that. So it just, it just flows out of you then. You know the, his character in so many more ways. Good. Thanks. No, I, it's good. I haven't done that, but I'd like to. I think that would be great. I started doing Revelation, just starting with the names in Revelation, because you can do that for quite a lot of days. But I think, because we know that when we praise him for who he is, for those different names, that's how he manifests to us. So that's got to be a thing that propels us into success and favor. Psalm 8, verses 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who has set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength. And we know that Jesus quotes that in Matthew's gospel. uh, And it says, you have ordained praise. Strength and praise being synonymous. Synonymous, that was a big word for this morning, wasn't it? Interchangeable. So, his name. His name is written on us. His name is more powerful than anything we face. And this is the three things that he said to me. And my name backs you up. I authorize you. So I have a little thing in my bag. Actually, I lost it yesterday morning. I was a bit panicky. <laughs> and on this thing in my bag, I have a badge. It says here, I certify the holder is an officer in the West Midlands Police. And underneath it says, Dave Thompson chief constable so when i go and i want to arrest steve steve i'm arresting you right now again yeah yeah on suspicion of being a christian yeah you don't have to say anything but it may harm your defense if you don't mention when questioned anything you uh, rely on in court anything you do say may be given in evidence do you understand okay good um i'm playing now but I'm authorised to do that by the chief constable. Okay, so can arrest anybody, can do anything. You are authorised by the king of kings to carry out the assignments that he puts in your hand, the things that he calls you to do. He's your authoriser. His name backs you up. That means you don't actually have to necessarily go and ask him because actually he's already predisposed to authorize you. Anything that is in his word, truth, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, you don't have to go and say, can I? He's already authorized you to do it. His name backs you up. Where you put your feet, you are backed up 100%. And his name is more powerful than any 
demon in hell. Any principality, any power, his name is higher. His name is higher than any other. We declare it. And his name is written on us. It's written on our hearts, isn't it? Because he lives inside of us. And we talked about the rule this morning. He wants to rule from the inside of us. He also wants to shepherd our soul and restore us and lead us by still waters. It's not all about always being in the midst of the battle. I know you probably think that's what I'm like, because I am a little bit like that. But it is actually about both and. It's that intimate place of being restored. And it's also that he's authorizing us to thrust us forward. So those are the seven keys that I wanted to share with you this morning.